0: Hello and welcome to Cracking the Knesset, the brand new podcast brought to you by the Union of Jewish Students. Throughout this series, we will be taking a deep dive into the world that is Israeli politics in the lead up to the next election in March. That election will be Israel's fourth in two years. Our mission is to try and explain the complicated world of Israeli democracy. My name is Bradley and this week it's The Hustings. And introduce the event, I'm going to pass over to my amazing colleague, Shiri.
1: Hi, shalom and welcome to UGS's Israeli elections hustings. On the 23rd of March, Israel will be going on to its fourth elections in two years. There are many issues facing is- Israel going forward, from the recovery from the pandemic to regional instability, the threat of Iran, and the big question is who will be leading Israel going forward, and it's a big one. Joining us today, we have representatives of six political parties. Khadash, Labor, Likud, Meretz, New Hope, Yamina, and Yeshatid. It is now my honor to introduce the chair of the evening, Avi Meyer. Avi previously has been a spokesperson for both the IDF and the Jewish Agency, and is now the managing director of global communications at the American Jewish Committee.
2: Thank you, Shiri. Uh, it is a delight to be here with all of you this evening. Uh, I I am uh, speaking to you from my home here in Jerusalem. Uh, This is, of course, an extremely important election, uh, as were the previous uh, three (laughs) over the past two years. Um, And we're delighted to have with us representatives of several of the parties running in the upcoming election. I will introduce them briefly. Um, From the joint list, we have Oren Feld from New Hope, we have Jason Perlman. Um, from Meretz, we have Chaim Shalom. From Yeshatid, we have Yair Zivan. From the Likud Party, we have Avi Hyman. Uh, and from, uh, from Yamina, we have Pnina Salman. And from the Labour Party, we have Jason Silverman. Uh, thank you all for being with us this evening. Uh, The format of this event will be as follows. Um, Each representative will be given three minutes to give an introductory statement. Um, I will then ask a question of all the panelists and they will be given two minutes to respond. Um, We'll then open up the floor to questions from the audience. Um, Following those questions, each representative will be given one minute to sum up their conversation, um, followed by a closing, uh, closing remarks from me and then from UJS. With that, um, I have used an online randomizer uh, to determine who should go first. And the randomizer has determined that Rabbi Chaim Shalom should go first. So Rabbi, please go for it. And I will be timing this again, you have three minutes. Please take yourself off mute if you haven't yet.
3: Okay, who trusts how random that randomizer was? Um, but here I am. Um, and I've been a member of Merits uh, since I made Aliyah in 2002. Um, I'm a member of Merits because Merits essentially is what is left of the Israeli left. Um, we are the people who represent the values of the left. Um, and we've done it continuously, um, refusing to join any governments that have given up on those values and those values are essentially um, the values which are shared by the vast majority of the British Jewish community that obviously I grew up in and many of the people on this call uh, on this Facebook live um, stream will be familiar with you know UJS has in its um, uh, in its uh, mission that it um, fights for inclusion and against discrimination. Um, That's essentially what MERITS does. We are the party of inclusion. Um, We're the party that has consistently uh, advanced LGBTQ rights, advanced the rights of non-Jews in Israel, advanced the peace process, um, advanced uh, the rights of the poor um, and the disadvantaged and those who live in the periphery. We are essentially fighting for uh, what we believe is the authentic representation of the Israeli declaration of the establishment of the state, which is a Jewish democracy. That means that the values of Judaism inform this country. We're happy that this is a country that celebrates Rosh Hashanah together, celebrates Yom Kippur, celebrates all the Jewish festivals. And at the same time is a real democracy of all its citizens. We fought against um, the terrible nation state law that made Arab citizens of this country, second class citizens and demoted the Arabic language. We believe in promoting uh, peace and equality and inclusion. And we have never strayed from that. Unlike other parties that might claim to be on the left, we don't have people shouting about how terrible LGBTQ lifestyles are. um, And we don't have people who, when given the chance, will sit with uh, the right-wing parties. Um, We've been consistent about being a left-wing party for peace, for inclusion, um, for anti-discrimination, for equality. And that's that's what we are and who we are. Um, and we are social democratic. We want to see a real democracy where there are independent law courts and they're not being attacked by public figures and, and undermined. And we want to see um, a place where the poor and the weak are taken care of and they have access to healthcare and education, right. and that money isn't going Thank just you. to settlements or to yeshivas.
2: Thank you, your time is up. Um, next up, we have Pnina Solomon. again, three minutes.
4: Hi everyone, um, wow, this is exciting. I actually feel like um, this is probably my first uh, international um, event where I'm speaking for Yamina, and um, and you may wonder why after three elections in which I literally took no part because I was so exhausted and tired and worn out by um, what is happening in the political sphere um, in Israel, why I decided to actually actively campaign for Yamina this time around. Well, I met Elia in 2010 um, with my family. We live in Zichron Yaakov, Um, I got involved in local politics, mostly as an activist, as a volunteer. And um, I promote education, I promote um, rights for English speakers and all kinds of other good things um, locally here. So for the past three elections, I just saw mistake after mistake being made, and I was just exhausted. And I'm a practical person. I just want to continue living my life. I want my constituents to be able to live a normal life, I want them to be able to bring home a paycheck, I want them to be able to buy a house, I want them to be able to buy an apartment. And what Naftali Bennett said really resonated with me. At this point in Israel, you know, the numbers do not allow for, you know, which is how they call in Hebrew kind of um, annexing settlements and all kinds of other right wing um, issues that you may have normally seen in past elections and people campaigned on. This election is really about domestic issues. It's about just helping people after this COVID crisis just pick up the pieces. My kids haven't gone to school all year long. They're behind in education. They're behind in socialization. You know, as a mom, it's really hard to see. And when I see people struggling with it here in Zichron, it's just really, really hard. Now, Naftali has built something called the Singapore Plan. He's designed the Singapore Plan. It's entirely related to getting the economy back in shape. He has fought on the opposition for this entire super long um, long time since the last election um, for increasing awareness of COVID, just keep trying to keep people safe. And I think right now it's not about, you know, who the giant personality is, who's gonna run Israel next. For me, it's just about how to pick up the pieces and move on. And I think that Naftali is able to do it at this point. Everybody's kind of lost hope with Bibi. Um, sorry, whoever's representing Likud. Um, I feel like SAR has, you know, SAR is the new hope. They've sat with Bibi um, until like a second ago. Um, like 80 mandates out of 120, I am a right-wing voter. There will be no left-wing government in Israel because you can't create a coalition of 61 when you have 80 mandates of right-wing voters and 30 mandates of... Left-wing voters and ten Mandate of voters.
2: Thank you. Your time is up. Uh, next up, we have Jason Proman. You have three minutes, sir. Go for it. Oh, have you frozen? I think Jason has frozen. We'll give him a moment to come back. In the meantime, hi. Oh, oh, thank you. Wait. Hmm, okay. We'll, we'll give Jason the next time, the next turn, um, and go to Oren Feld. Oren, you have three minutes. Thank you for um, so, having me at that moment. Can
5: you hear me? Yeah, um, should I continue? Or should I yeah, continue? for Yeah. Sure. Okay, so Oren, please speak, yeah. Hang
1: on, um, I, I am back. Do you, want, do you want me to go back again? Sorry, that was perfect timing of freezing.
5: Okay, so first of all, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Owen Feld. I'm the—I used to be the manager of the campaign uh, of the Joint List in Jerusalem, and um, I'm here to represent the Joint List. Uh, I'm not going to attack uh, the <laughs> attack merits, and I'm not going to claim that there is uh, no left uh, ideology in merits. Um, I'm just going to explain to you briefly about the Joint List as w- and why me as a Jewish person is willing to vote for it. Uh, The joint list was established in 2015 uh, because of the electoral threshold that was changed. And in 2021, we were separated from uh, around the Southern Islamic uh, movement. And due to that split, um, there was, um, if you heard before, uh, uh, Chaim, when he spoke about the LGBT rights, because of that split uh, Ram is using our uh, support in the past for LGBT rights in order to uh, attack us because they have no other uh, they have no interest that the communicate, the conversation will be about uh, the real issues that they um, split from the jointists because they were willing to become another uh, vote for uh, Netanyahu in the parliament and um, because they are trying to to uh, shift this uh, um, dialogue toward the LGBT rights and attack the LGBT community, um, they, they became um, as such. Um, they, um, but I think the journalist is uh, a voice of the left. It's a voice that is at least trying to represent half of the population between the river to the sea. Uh, I mean, we are the genuine Uh, voice of the Palestinian uh, populations of the citizen population in Israel, but uh, we are also trying to to find a solution that is viable for everyone in our society um, and not only uh, for um, one side of it. Um, And it is all based on our joint struggle that is taking place for years. Uh, Jewish and Arab joint struggle that is a key factor in our struggle. And by seeing the situation on the ground, we are um, building our political power that we will will not uh, succumb to the pressure of the right and will build a new alternative for the future of this land. Um, I think that the Joint List offers a pragmatic solution uh, for, the, for the future of this land, for a sustainable future. I think that um, it offers um, a, 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 a future that it does not neglect half of the population voices between the river and the sea and its opinions. And as a Jewish person, I find it that it's important to support the voices that are being um, marginalized and ignored and also <laughs> not treated as left uh, in this uh, uh, evening. Thank uh, you. Uh, Thank you. you you've, uh, your time is up. Thank you very
2: much. Uh, Jason. Can we try again? Are you back? Yes, let's try again. You have three minutes. Go for it. Thank you very much. Apologies for the communications
1: problems there. Okay. New Hope, Tikvach Adashah. It's the newest party on the block, um, but it's made up of some very familiar faces with with real experience and leadership qualities. So uh, allow me to explain a little bit what the party stands for. Crucially, it stands for change, and that's what Israel needs right now. Israel is in a situation where we have not passed a state budget since 2018. That means that we've been running a country on a month-to-month basis. You can't run a big corporation on a month-by-month budget. You can't run a country like that. We haven't been investing in in our schools, in our security systems, in our economic recovery. We haven't been investing in our hospitals, which we've seen so, so very obviously during the corona crisis. We have been investing in, in society, in our social welfare, in our social health care. And all of that is very much simply because one man refuses to pass a budget, because in passing a budget, it means that he, he risks losing power because others would, would take his place. And that's Netanyahu. So Gidon Saar left the Likud and um, formed this new party. And really, that's the game changer in this election. It's the only party that really offers change. And when I talk about change, what do I mean? I mean recovering our education system, it's so important. That means putting the student back in the centre of the focus. It means uh, paying our teachers better. It means improving the standard of teaching and the status of teachers. It means finding a solution to our housing crisis. It means urban renewal. It means protecting the environment. It also means um, ending this toxic discourse between left and right, religious and non-religious, secular, whatever, which we've really suffered from. And I personally, as an Anglo living in Israel, really feel um, particularly affected by. I didn't make Aliyah to come and live in a country that was so divided. Currently, that's the situation. So New Hope is, is very much geared towards um, bringing that stability and unity to the Israeli people. Ultimately, when we look at the political spectrum today, the, the majority of Israel is center-right. And that's where Gidon Sarin tikva Tikfar is. It's a center-right party. It's a party that believes in Israel as a strong, Jewish democratic state with strong national institutions, with a free market economy and a a, a net and a a social welfare safety net for the weaker in society. That's what we stand for. That's what we offer. And crucially, we we stand really as the only party able to actually form a government after this election. So I'm working with Gilon Saar and Tigvar and New Hope, really to bring about that change. And there will be many parties on this call that I see as natural partners and, and some that I maybe see as as, as really important partners moving forward. But nothing will change unless we, play, we replace this in Yahoo. And, and, and ultimately, that's what we plan to do on March 23rd.
2: And your time, thank you very much. Um, from one Jason to the next, Jason Silverman, you have three minutes.
6: Thank you. Um, so I'm representing labor and I've been involved in labor. Also, well, I've been voting for labor, I would say, since I made Aliyah. And I've been active in labor since I uh, finished my military service in uh, 2016. And so I think that the, you know, it's hard to say after four rounds of elections, but the current round of elections is really, in my opinion, one of the most important in recent years. And it can go really one of two ways. We can continue on this same trajectory of the past decade where we've seen a politics of widespread corruption, of uh, capitulation under the pressure of different political forces, the trumping of individual rights, Continuous, um, the continuance of a never-ending stalemate in a conflict that we've been dealing with for the for 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 several decades since the inception of Israel, essentially, and finally a politics that places a single figure first and foremost above the people, above national interests for the sole purpose of political survival. And instead of going down this road, I think this is really an opportunity for a for a beginning of a for the beginning of a new and brighter future for the Jewish and democratic Israel. So it's an opportunity for positive change, Israeli society. You know, in, it, in Israel, which all of us want, right, which is more open, pluralistic, promoting the rights of LGBTQ community, instituting civil marriage once and for all. You know, today, many native Israelis who serve in the army, pay taxes, are outstanding citizens, do not have the freedom to marry who they want and how they wish based on their uh, questionable Jewish status in this country. They have to go abroad to marry. Israel, ironically, in this sense, this is the only democratic country in the world in which mainstream expressions of Judaism, which much of, uh, of the diaspora of world Judaism uh, is a part of, are outlawed, but this can change. So this is an opportunity, these elections, for bringing truth and honesty also back into politics mitigating corruption, widespread corruption in the government and instituting a new political culture of standing behind one's word. It shouldn't be too difficult. And so this can happen with a new government power. And so, This is also an opportunity for promoting socially conscious uh, economics in which the government takes on some of these responsibilities for aiding those families from, less off social, uh, from a less off social economic status especially during this time when so many have become unemployed, lost their jobs because of this pandemic. And so we can also, during, with this new opportunity, we can strive for peace while still preserving Israel's security. We don't have to settle for one or the other, looking at it as a binary, um, in, in a binary way. And so that means cooperation with Palestinians while still preserving security, as well as vying for a better, smarter Iran deal with sanctions, with uh, in international monitoring while still protecting the Jewish state.
2: Thank you very much, Jason. Uh, next, we go to the, uh, the other individual who has an excellent name and missed the memo on the dress code, Avi Hyman, you have three minutes.
7: Thank you very much, Avi. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't start off by saying uh, thank you to UJS for having me and thank you for this fantastic panel. Um, What's really important for me is that I've got many friends on this panel, despite our politics. I made Aliyah to make a change, as did they, and we're all doing great things. And I want to invite every one of you out there, because this obviously is the essence of Zionism. Every one of you, whatever your opinions are, to come here to be part of Israel, you're welcome. We'd love to have you Um, with that. I will say that I'm representing the Likud party, a party that I've been active in for since I was 13 years old. Um, I'm now very old. Um, And it is a party of inclusion. It is a party of the root Zionism, Hertzlian Zionism, Jabotinsky Zionism. It's an inclusive party that believes in in the Jewish state, in uh, the right of Jews to uh, self-determination and to live strongly and proudly here in our land. Um, This election is very clear to me. This election is between two people. I see lots of faces here tonight, but it's between two people. That's Prime Minister um, Benjamin Netanyahu and Yair Lapid. And as much as my colleagues from other parties will talk about their platforms and various other issues, the numbers speak for themselves. It's about mathematics at the moment. When you look at it, um, the only viable Prime Prime ministerial candidates are Prime Minister Netanyahu, who will make a full right-wing government we have a historic opportunity to make a very large powerful right-wing government that can pass the type of legislation free market legislation legislation for the future of our children for the future of our country in a way that we haven't been able to possibly in the history of the state of israel so this is a historic opportunity the other op- the other side would be for yair lapid to become prime minister And for um, some of the other folk um, to uh, be under him with um, a predominantly, you know, a a mixed coalition, which will find it very hard to do very much. So ideas are nice, but I'm talking about practical politics today. Um, Our leader, Prime Minister Netanyahu, is um, arguably one of the best statesmen the Jewish people has ever had. In the last year alone, despite the terrible um, plague of biblical proportions that we've all been going through globally, despite that, we've managed to come through, thank God, with comparatively a low um, death, uh, death toll. Obviously, every single person that we've lost is, is, is a world in itself. But thank God we've managed to get through that with, with, with a fairly low death toll. I'm sorry, Avi, to...
2: your, your time is up.
7: Wow, I only just got started.
2: You only just got started. You'll have an opportunity in just a moment. Uh, with that... Robert, about 12 years. <laughs> yeah, here's Ivan. You have three minutes. Thank you, Avi. Um, I'll use the
8: first 30 seconds of my time to make a pitch, not for Aliyah, Al, but for UJS. Uh, I grew up through UJS. I was a campaigns director for UJS. And so anyone that's watching that is uh, on the edge of getting involved, you should get involved. Uh, it's where I cut my uh, political teeth and I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for my time at UJS. Um, and because we're here and it's a UJS audience, and it seems like a good time for a special shout out to, uh, to the Bristol Jewish Society, who are in an incredible campaign against hatred on their campus and they're doing an amazing job. And you should know that, you're, that people are seeing you from all over the world. And we're very, very proud of you and of the fight that Jewish students are putting up against, uh, against anti-Semitism on their campuses. Having said all that, back to uh, back to our life and to, to Israeli politics here. Um, I work for Yesh Atid. I work for Yair Lapid, who's the leader of Israel's largest centrist party. We're a party that um, has been around now for eight, nine years. We're one of the biggest parties in Israel, a consistently large party in terms of not just the number of seats we have, but also the, the structure and the infrastructure that we have. This election is, is a difficult one. It's a complicated one. Um, I think I understand why Avi wants to frame it as between two individuals, but it, it isn't an election between two individuals. It's an election between two worldviews. It's an election between a government that will be uh, mixed. We'll have hopefully people from, uh, from the left of our party and the right of our party all in together or a party of of the right and the extreme right. Um, And there's nothing that saddens me as a Zionist more than seeing uh, seeing the Likud party join with the very, very extreme right, the radical, racist, homophobic uh, right wing of Israeli politics and giving them the legitimacy uh, to be part of Israeli politics. And so as somebody who's come to this country out of a love for it, and a desire to see it as the best country it can be, this election is incredibly important. We have an opportunity to move Israel forward. We have an opportunity to move forward on some of the issues that are most important to us, issues of corruption. Uh, it's tragic that we have a prime minister on trial with three criminal indictments for bribery and fraud, uh, who's dragging the country uh, into his own personal legal problems. And we have an opportunity to move forward, to change the approach to corruption in this country, something that has been blocked up until now. We have a chance to move forward on issues of religion and state. The responses to the conversion bill decision by the Supreme Court, the disgusting attacks on reform and conservative Judaism that went unanswered by the Prime Minister and the parties of many of my colleagues here on this panel um, are something that only a broad, centrist, real unity government will, will be able to change. And we hope we'll be able to do that after, after the election. There's a lot of work to do. And the first thing we need to do is start healing the country. And I have to say, I'm here today feeling slightly angrier than I normally would be. Thank um, you. Av, Av, you'll give me another 15 seconds because I did the pitch for UJS. Um, one of our activists, one of Yesha Tid's activists today is in hospital uh, because he was attacked while out campaigning. Um, That is a result of how extremely divisive the politics in Israel has become. And that's something that we all have a responsibility to put an end to.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Yair. I will now ask a question of all the panelists. As a reminder, uh, any uh, of the viewing audience who would like to submit a question is is welcome to do so um, by commenting on the video on Facebook. So if you are on Facebook, please add a comment there with your question and we'll try to get to as many of them as we possibly can. But my question to the entire panel is as follows. Um, This is, as we've mentioned, our fourth election in two years. Um, It is of course about many issues, um, but it is also in many respects a referendum. It's a referendum about the leadership of Prime Minister Netanyahu. Um, And my question for all of you, and again, I have randomized the order of responses and I will tell you who gets to answer first in just a moment. Um, is what is the key issue facing Israeli voters in this election cycle? And how will your candidate of choice, how is your candidate of choice, the right person to rise that challenge and lead the country? So with that, our first response will come from Jason Perlman. You will have two minutes to respond. Okay, so I think very, very importantly,
1: as I said, it's change. Um, And I'll try to keep the conversation moving and respond a little to what Abi Hyman said from Likud. And the first thing he said was he's desperate to read from the Likud talking points, which is to frame this as a debate of of Lapid versus Netanyahu. Netanyahu's big problem in this election is he doesn't have a big, scary left wing boogeyman to say the left are coming, the left are coming. Because the reality is the biggest threat to Netanyahu is Gidon Saar and another leader on the right. Because, as I said before, Lapid, I do not believe, can form a government because there isn't a majority in the Knesset for the left wing. There is a majority in the Knesset for the right wing. Therefore, Gidon Saar will be able to form a government. So Netanyahu will do everything he can to frame this as a left-right debate. But as, as my colleague in 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 Yeshate said, it isn't. It's about, it's about world perspectives. And, and um, also, again, you know... Full right and left, Avi wants to say that Netanyahu can form a full right-wing government. Well, he never has before, even when he's had the option. He's chosen Avi Nissen, coroner's justice minister. He chose uh, Ehud Barak as defense minister. He has never gone for the full right-wing government. And, and indeed, even when he says he's trying to form a full right-wing government now, he sends representatives to the Palestinian Liberation Organization, a terrorist organization, to get their support for Likud from Israeli Arabs as well. So I, I don't buy any of that. I still want change. Because again, he says that Netanyahu is the best statesman in the world, yet our relationship with America is, is at an all-time low. We have the threat of Iran, we have the threat of The Hague, we have the threat of, of more action against Israel and the European Union. And Netanyahu doesn't have the relationships, except for, for very individual leaders, leaders in different countries, to develop our international relations. In fact, he's pretty much cut off funding to the foreign ministry to allow us to do that. So when, it, when I think when most Israelis are going to the, the uh, ballot box on March 23rd, they want, they want two things. They want change and they want to not have to go back to the ballot box again in, uh, in another
2: four or five months. And the Thank way to do that me. is Thank to vote you. New Hope because we can form a government. Thank you very much. Uh, our next response will come from Yair Zivan.
8: I got bumped up the list this time.
2: Um,
8: with initials like YZ, I'm used to going last in any kind of school list, so it's uh, it's fine. Um, the big issue facing uh, facing Israel in this election is twofold. One, it's how we rebuild and get ourselves out of the Corona crisis in terms of the health side of it, and the second is the economic side of it. Uh, we have something like a million people unemployed uh, in the country right now. We have rising debt. We have students who are far behind where they should be in terms of their education. We have ninety thousand small businesses that have collapsed this season, this uh, this year, because of a lack of government support and, and government support that just wasn't well targeted because of the paralysis that we've had uh, between Likud and, and Blue and White in the last uh, in the last seven eight months. We have, uh, and, and I think it's important to note, Israel has an incredibly high death toll relative to its population and to the age of its population. Um, It's not low, it's tragically high for a country that should have been able to shut just its airport down and make sure everybody that came in wasn't bringing in corona with them. Um, We have a lot of rebuilding to do around those two issues, but the first thing we have to do is get society back on its feet. We do that by healing the rifts in Israeli society, something that the current government can't do because it's probably the single most divisive leadership this country has ever seen. And once we've started to heal the country, we need to focus on, on the real problems that people have, we need to reinvest in our healthcare system. It's about 10 billion shekels underinvested uh, under this government. And we need to help small businesses start up again. We need to get those people back to work. We need to give them opportunities to start businesses again and to rebuild the economy, um, because that is the number one issue that, that people are facing today. So I think for us, when we look at what the next government will be about, it'll be first and foremost about healing the country and about healing the economy and the healthcare care of, uh, of Israel.
2: Everything else will come after that. Thank you very much, Yair. Uh, with that, our next response will come from Avi Hyman. You have two minutes.
7: Okay, so uh, when people go to the polls, they're gonna be thinking about Corona. They're gonna be thinking about who personally picked up the phone to the uh, heads of the companies, um, the vaccine companies, Pfizer, etc., and got us millions and millions of vaccines and got those vaccines in people's arms. That's why we're gonna be the first country in the, in the world to uh, open up our economy fully with the green passport, and we're going to get on with business first in the world. We're going to have the fastest growing post-corona economy. The economy is also imperative. And Netanyahu was the greatest um, finance minister in Israel's history, according to many, including myself. And who better than to rebuild our economy? The same man that, despite the corona crisis, the what the global corona crisis managed to uh, secure four. Historic peace deals, peace deals that will that have changed the face of the Middle East as we know it, that will bring in incredible investment into our country, tourism into our country, has changed the whole of history as we know it, and will you know that's it's only just begun for historic peace deals, peace for peace, um, peace from strength, the Netanyahu's doctrine. Only Netanyahu can move that to the next stage, and he's already working on more peace deals. Um, And obviously Iran. Iran is always in the headlines in Israel, whether um, for, for the last 30 years because of one man, because of Prime Minister Netanyahu, who was banged the drum of Iran when people told him it wasn't necessary, when people told him that it wasn't necessary for him to go and speak in Congress and it was going to do damage. He did it. He got us out of the Iran deal. Um, There's suggestions that uh, maybe this administration will be more difficult for him. No, he has known uh, President Biden um, since 1982, which I believe was the year that Jason was born. So, yes, that relationship is long, is strong, and we've stood up to other uh, administrations in the past. When people go to the polls, they will think, who can can get us the next doses of the the vaccines? Who can help us to bring peace and prosperity to our country? And that's Netanyahu.
2: Thank you very much. As a reminder, anyone who wishes to submit a question is, is welcome to do so on Facebook. Please specify either where you are or what university you go to. Um, we'd love to get to as many of those questions as we possibly can. Uh, the next response will come from Rabbi Chaim Shalom. Again, sir, you have two minutes.
3: Okay, um, I'm going to reject the premise of the question. Uh, there isn't one thing that people are voting about um actually part of our division is that when people go into the voting booth people are going to have most there's going to be 101 different things that people have got on their mind um as many people have noted yes the vast majority of this country um is somewhere between center right uh and extreme right um and that camp is basically split into the people who are tribally attached to netanyahu and believe that um Uh, he is the king and he's the only one who can save us and all those things that Avi said about his strong and long relationship with Biden like Andrex um, and like Andrex it's full of um, and the thing is um, uh, and then the rest of the right is basically saying no Netanyahu's awful you know to quote a great statesman um, of Israel, a prime minister net deep in investigations does not have a moral and public mandate to make de- fateful decisions for the state of Israel. There is a fear I must say and it is real and not unfounded that he will make his decisions for his personal interest of p- political survival, not for the national interest. That of course is Netanyahu himself talking about Ehud Olmer 11 years ago that's 100% true now of Netanyahu he is entirely corrupt and he's just trying to save his neck and so lots of people will vote for Gidon Saar or Yeh Shatid for that my people the people who will vote for merits which admittedly is going to be a very tiny part of the population we all know that but we're going to be voting for a real a, a real change a real uh, revolution to take israel back to what it once was a truly democratic state a truly social democratic state one that cares for its citizens all its citizens and that is something that we actually need we need a radically different solution
2: Okay, thank you, Rabbi. Um, Our next response, according to my randomizer, uh, will come from Penina Solomon. Penina, you have two minutes.
4: Thank you. Um, First of all, I am different from all of you. I'm not a paid spokesperson. Well, most of you actually. I don't know if the rabbi is a paid spokesperson either, but um, but I'm not a paid spokesperson for my political party. And I'm um, incidentally, in case you have noticed, also a woman. Um, and I identify as one. Um, but what I do know for sure is that if everyone who doesn't if everyone doesn't sit with whom they say they are not going to sit with, we are at election number five. Okay, so I think that one of the primary issues of this election is not to get to election number five. I think a primary issue of this election is to create a functioning government. Now, Netanyahu had his chance uh, once, twice, three times to create a functioning government. It didn't work. Lapid, we all know, he is doing very well in the polls. He can't create a functioning government because there is no 61 mandates on the left, right? Gidon Sar up to a second ago was in Likud. To me, he's identical to Netanyahu. All of his list is identical to Netanyahu's list for years and years and years and years and years. He waited way too long to get out. And anyway, his polls are dropping. So the only one left here is Bennett, you know, and the issues that he's focusing on, we don't have the luxury To focus on issues right now even though they are so important to me and so important to many voters but you know issues like religion and state issues like annexation these are all really really important issues however we don't really have the luxury when our house is on fire we don't have the luxury to focus on that right now we just have to focus on the economy to make sure that we end this endless cycle of elections and move on bring ourselves out of corona and that is what naftali bennett's plan is all about and that's why I believe that he can bring us out of this, so.
2: Thank you very much, Penina. Um, our next response will come from Jason Silverman. Jason, you have two minutes.
6: Also say that I'm not uh, paid. I'm also a volunteer for my party. Good for you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, I agree with uh, what Chaim said. There are a lot of, uh, lot of main issues here, right? Of course, first and foremost, uh, corona and the economy, high, uh, high rates of unemployment, uh, lots of effects here. But that also starts with enforcing corona, enforcing the restrictions upon everybody equally, not, uh, not, not being uh, succumbed to political pressures from different parties, and only enforcing it on certain public sectors or certain uh, uh, sectors of Israeli society. And um, also having the same policies for people entering the country, right, and not having what you call machirim, right, people that have uh, specific privileges because of these protectionist policies within the government. So it starts with that. It starts with getting rid of corruption and get rid of, uh, get rid of playing favoritism in this, like others said, this dysfunctional government. Also, yes, like others have said as well, Iran. Iran is a central issue. But we have to realize that we are the closest we've ever been to Iran having a bomb now and being outside of an agreement under Netanyahu's leadership. So it's time to go back to a smarter and better agreement and other things, right? Freedom for individuals. That is a pressing issue today, especially this last week with the, uh, with the major Supreme Court decision uh, uh, recognizing uh, uh, reform Judaism, conservative Judaism, and their, um, and their um, uh, what do you, uh, conversions inside Israel. So allowing people to practice Judaism as they please. And finally, a, a, uh, a politics that is less decisive, right, a new uh, discourse that is less decisive, which is Netanyahu has been doing since he entered politics, so 20 to 30 years ago. And so Merav Michaeli of Labor Party is promoting practical policies. Thank like
2: you. That. Thank you, Jason. Uh, finally, Oren, you have two minutes.
5: Thank you. Um, the Palestinian population in Israel, citizens of which are Palestinians, are being affected by two pandemics in uh, recent years. Uh, the COVID nineteen that we all uh, we are all familiar with, and also the pandemic of uh, gun violence and uh, gang violence uh, in the Palestinian communities in Israel. Um the joint list is the most um proficient and uh, Persuading force that is using the parliament as its is uh, mo- its sources of power because, uh, sadly, in this uh, so-called democratic country, this is very it's very difficult for the Palestinian population to to gain any uh, impact or effect because of how the system is is made, and also the the gun violence in in the Palestinian population in Israel. Uh, is also because of systemic uh, problems, because of neglect, because of the neglection of education, because of the neglection of infra- infrastructure, of planning. Uh, it causes um, um, overpopulation, and, and 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 it causes cr- violence to erupt and, and crime to to surge. And I believe that the joint list has been the most um, consistent voice for the Palestinian population, and, and which. Um, um, represented them um, um, in the parliament uh, in the best in the best manner, but also, even though that the, our main um, population votes for us is from the Palestinian community in Israel, um, the, the the joint list in its work in the parliament works for everyone. It, it uh, for example, in the COVID uh, pandemic, we we our uh, Ida uh, chaired the the welfare committee, and she was working for the nurses for the um, for, all the, for the entire population. And we also were very strong in, in, in fighting the pandemic, but preserving our little uh, remaining uh, democratic um, uh, rights that are still available to citizens Thank in you. Israel. And uh, so- Thank
2: you. Can- Thank you very much, Oren. Thank you all very, very much. Um, we received several questions from the audience. Um, you all have an opportunity to respond. If you don't want to, you can pass. Um, the first question we have is from Jake from Bristol. Uh, and the question is, what does a future peace deal with the Palestinians look like to your party? According to my randomizer, the first individual who has the opportunity to respond to this question is Jason Silverman. You have one minute. Yeah.
6: Um, I think a future, uh, so future deal with the Palestinians. I think that, it, that first and foremost goes with actually um, trying to, Take it in more baby steps I would say. I think that we're in a reality where we're further away from a peace deal, a two-state solution. There's a lot of loss of of trust between both sides, and I think that the best thing to do in the near future is to increase the cooperation with the Palestinians, to take smaller steps in order to uh, find uh, pinpointed solutions with the Palestinians, in order to rebuild that trust, in order to have the final uh, purpose, the final gain, of really re-entering negotiations based on trust, based on security, and, and, and getting a permanent solution uh, that works the best for both sides. But starting slow in small steps.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, the next individual has the opportunity to respond. Again, no one has to if they don't want to, uh, is Rabbi Chaim Shalom. You have one minute.
3: Um, So I'll build on uh, what Jason has said, because obviously uh, we're relatively close on this issue. There's obviously steps towards it, but I think the key issue is um, there are certain parties that actually want peace with the Palestinians, and there are certain parties who are still sticking to a kind of there's no such thing as the Palestinian people uh, approach. Um, And essentially, you know, the policy of the last Uh, 10 or so years has simply been let's do nothing. Let's make sure that essentially we move nowhere um, on a peace process. And there are only, you know, it's only um, merits the Joint List and Labour who actually have placed this issue in any way as a priority, not just because we believe the Palestinians deserve dignity and a state and independence and autonomy, but also because we want to get Israel back into the family of nations. We don't want Israel to be a pariah. We want Israel to be normal.
2: Thank Um, you. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, The next response will come from Oren. You have one minute.
5: Um, the Joint List uh, believes in the two-state solution as uh, Kadash promoted it for several decades uh, before it was even an option. Uh, we believe that uh, there should be a two-state solution with a Palestinian state which is independent with uh, East Jerusalem as its capital. And uh, in Israel proper, we will have an equality also based on the national identity and the right to express it and and be a part of this nation. Um, I believe this is the most viable solution for the, the, um, the conflict. It takes um, the voices of the people who are actually affected by the conflict. And um, that, that, that is the main uh, approach of the Joint List to solve the situation. I don't believe there is another way to solve it.
2: Thank you very much. Our next response will come from Jason Perlman. Jason, you have one minute.
1: Well, I'll sum it up very simply. For New Hope, um, we don't believe in the creation of a, a Palestinian state necessarily in the, in the way that I think it's understood internationally, because we don't believe that a Palestinian state would bring us peace. We don't believe that the creation of a dooms to fail uh, another Arab state in between the river and the sea in the heart of the land of Israel would be a long term solution. Um, but we would like to see a solution whereby the Palestinians have maximum autonomy and self-governance and independence with the minimum ability to hurt or harm Israel and Israeli citizens. Um, and I know that for you on the ground in, in the UK and UJS, this is the one issue that everyone sees, the one paradigm people see. And I question the damage that Netanyahu does actually when during an election campaign to keep himself in power goes to the PLO, who who the Palestinian Authority, who pay terrorists to kill Jews and pay them more money the more Jews they kill to try and get them to support Likud in an election. So I think that we have to be very clear there are good guys and bad guys in this scenario um, and we have to be very strong.
2: Thank you very much. Um, Our next response will come from Ya'ir Zivan. Ya'ir you have one minute.
8: I'll try and sum up the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in 60 seconds. Uh, From Yeshatid's perspective, I'll say this. We're a two-state solution party. We believe that's the only solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, but we don't believe we can get to an end of conflict. So what we want to see is two states living side by side, one strong and the strongest military power in the Middle East, and the other demilitarized. And we won't find a solution to two of the big issues, what people consider the kind of four core issues. Two of them we can't solve now, and that's Jerusalem and the right of return. Because we won't agree to a division of our capital city and uh, we won't agree to a right of return. I don't think the Palestinians will agree to negotiate on those either. So we should put those to one side. The Jewish people waited 3000 years to go back to Jerusalem. Now the Palestinians can wait a little while. And what we can have is two countries living side by side in a managed conflict, which isn't perfect, in which we don't have a solution to everything. But the Palestinians can start to build a state, can improve the lives uh, of their population and we can live in peace. And we think that's the most Thank practical, you. pragmatic solution there is today.
2: Thank you, Yair. Um, our next response will come from Avi Hyman. Avi, you have one minute.
7: I think The prime minister has totally reframed um, the peace process, peace in the Middle East, as we know it, uh, making four historic peace deals, peace for peace, peace from strength. I think the Palestinians are starting to understand that they're not gonna get you know, the, w- what they were being offered in the past as someone who made Aliyah, a few days before the second Intifada started and went to far too many funerals. I know what we don't need. What I see on the street um, is Israeli Arabs coming to the Likud party, understanding that it's a party for them. And if Arabs, as the prime minister said, if Arabs and Jews can dance together in Dubai, why shouldn't they dance together in Israel?
2: Well, that was that was very brief. Thank you, Avi. Uh, finally, Panina, you have one minute.
4: So that's a really good question. Um, it's also a very chutzlaritz question. Chutzlaritz means out of Israel. Um, I think that what is uh, projected to the media outside of Israel is not the same as what we see here. Um, speaking for Yamina, I know that we don't believe that every problem can be solved. Um, I know that Bennett has a YouTube video out called the Stability Initiative. You can you know go onto YouTube and see what his plan is. Um, sp- stability. Peace. I don't know if we can solve every issue. I also don't think that's the issue of this election. I think that this election is not, people are not voting on that issue right now because right now we have a very, very, although it's very important, we have a very, very big challenge to overcome in terms of health and economy and other things. So that being said, you know, if you were a citizen here in Israel voting, it is unlikely that that would be the pivotal issue for you, um, for most Israeli Thank citizens you. during this election.
2: Thank you very much, Panita. Uh, we have two questions that I think go well together. Um, the first is uh, from Hannah in Leeds, at Leeds. The gap between Israel and the diaspora seems to be getting bigger and bigger. How would your party handle relations with the diaspora? And Talia, a graduate from Sheffield asks, how would your party make progressive Jews feel more comfortable in Israel? I'm going to combine those questions, um, and I will give, let's see, Yair Zivan, yet again, you get to go first. One minute or two minutes, did you say? You have one minute. It's very
8: short. Uh, the first thing is we have to have equality for every stream of Judaism within Israel. Uh, We can't have a situation where there is inequality in Israel between the different streams of Judaism. That's obvious to us. That's in terms of marriage. That's in terms of burial. That's in terms of uh, access to to government funds for for rabbis, the whole thing. So that's the the first thing in terms of the internal side. Externally, we have to start treating diaspora Jewry with more respect. We have to stop treating them like uh, people that we go to when we want to fundraise and start treating them like the partners that they are. We like to think of Israel as the capital of the Jewish world. Um, And for that, that means we're the place where a lot of the stuff happens and we build the relationship, but we're part of one uh, one Jewish family. So we have to just change the terminology, we have to change the way that we talk, and we have to clamp down and have zero tolerance for the kind of incitement we've seen uh, against Reform and Conservative Jews who make up such a huge part of the diaspora. And I say again, and this is a good opportunity for some of the people on the panel, to condemn the disgusting attacks by United Torah Judaism on Reform and Conservative Jews, because the silence by the Prime Minister and others uh, does untold Thank damage you. to our relationship with the d-
6: diaspora.
2: Thank you very much, Ayer. Our next response will come from Jason Silverman. Jason, you have one minute.
6: Yeah, I think that this is, uh, I mean, uh, my uh, my colleague Yair sort of summed it up, but I think it's obvious that if, you know, if Israel is to live up its purpose and to claim to, to represent all of the Jewish people, right, then it must do so in an equal manner. It must promote, right, equal marriage, marriage, in uh, in 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 all expressions of Judaism, uh, Reform Judaism, Conservative Judaism, as well as Orthodox Judaism, right? Break down the monopoly of Orthodox Judaism in Israel, but don't cancel it, don't get rid of it, but allow for this equal expression in public space by all forms of Judaism, which represent much uh, of the Jewish world: marriage, praying at the Kotel, right? Women of the Wall, allowing that freedom of expression uh, in public play, in uh, in public space, and this current government is only really uh, sort of uh, capitulating to, to to pressures by ultra-Orthodox parties and not able to actually promote those policies. And he hasn't yeah, done yeah. for the past 10 years.
2: Thank you very much. Our next response will come from Avi Hyman. Avi, you have one minute.
7: So uh, how to fix the world in one minute is very difficult, but uh, obviously the essence of Zionism is the return of the Jewish people to our Jewish homeland and all Jews are welcome from my perspective, I think from my party's perspective, it goes with without saying that I will condemn any statements made by anyone um, that, that, that are against that. Um, at the same time, there is a status quo that has existed. There is a status quo that is important. These are hot button issues that people are trying to push very much into the center at an election when we are trying to recover and rebuild the economy and protect our country um, for generations to come. So it is an extremely important issue. Um, I am open to discussion. I'm open to seeing the Knesset debate these things and not see the Supreme Court jump in from above a few days before an election to, uh, you know, try and push that into the, into the
2: discourse. Thank you, Avi. Um, our next response will come from Rabbi Chaim Shalom. Rabbi, you have one minute.
3: Uh, I guess I I feel like I should try try and explain Avi's comment about the Supreme Court. For those who don't understand, recently very big decision in Supreme Court um, to recognize Uh, reform and conservative conversions here in Israel, Um, that actually came about because the Likud-led government chose not to uh, respond to the Supreme Court's uh, request for a response. So it's actually the Likud party that made that decision happen at this time in the election, and they did it deliberately so that Uh, The Supreme Court would give a pro-reform answer so that they could stir up their base with anti-reform and conservative hatred together with their ultra-Orthodox allies. So it's kind of ironic. There's a lot of hatred. It is unfortunate. Obviously, I'm a reform rabbi myself. Obviously Merit is the party that has continually advocated for religious pluralism, together with our uh, colleagues in uh, labor and the joint list. Um, and we can we intend to continue to do that as well as Yeh Shateed, of course, know. led by Yahir Lapid, a member of a reform show.
2: Thank you, Rabbi. Our next response will come from Nina. You have one minute.
4: Thank you. So first of all, I'm a councilwoman in Zichron, and I represent the um, English-speaking community, which is so diverse here. Um, We have a very, very strong conservative congregation, and as a matter of fact, I'm the first councilwoman um, during COVID. We sponsored, the municipality sponsored a huge chair rental for outdoor Rosh Hashanah services, New Year's services, and I actually put You know, the Chabad rabbi, the conservative rabbi, the reform rabbi, the modern orthodox and the Haredi rabbis all on one WhatsApp group. Actually, most of the ultra orthodox rabbis didn't have WhatsApp, but everybody else was on one WhatsApp group. And I coordinated all of their different needs because I really do believe in equality of resources. That being said, when you look at the coalition map now, um, as I said before, somebody's going to have to build a coalition polarizing issues like this are not really gonna have any movement over the next government because everybody who is sitting together has a completely different opinion on this polarizing Thank issue. You. Um, Thank you. Very much. Am I done?
2: I'm afraid you are, <laughs>
4: sorry. I have Thank so you. much to say about this. Okay. Sorry. I
2: know, don't we all? Um, <laughs> the next response will come from Oren. Oren, you have one minute.
5: Um, it might be shocking, but uh, the Joint List is not a Zionist uh, party. And, uh, um, Because of that, people may think that we don't have uh, anything to offer for uh, Jews from abroad, but I don't think it's true. Um, Just because uh, we look to separate between uh, religion and state uh, doesn't mean that we have uh, an agenda to harm or uh, make it any more difficult to worship or believe in whatever you want. Um, And we believe that there should should be an immigration policy, um, as progressive immigration policy to Israel uh, that should be looked at uh, uh, in the future. And um, we'll have to, we, Israel will still be a place uh, with a large Jewish population and it should stay as, as shuts And, and um, it will be a place that will be inclusive for everyone. And the immigration policies will be determined in the future. Thank um, you. At, um,
2: Thank you very much. Finally, Jason Perlman, you have one minute. Thank you. I'm afraid
1: this is uh, actually another area where the government simply has been neglectful. Um, Avi says he's delighted to have uh, a dialogue, etc. But the reality is, there's been recommendations on these issues on how to bridge the gaps with diaspora jury, something that is so crucial something the president uh, has worked on a lot as well, um, how to uh, understand reform conversion in Israel. There's been recommendations, committee set up, even agreed frameworks for these for 10 years. But Netanyahu, under the threat of the ultra-Orthodox parties especially, has refused to engage on these issues. So we could say, yes, yes, let's have more dialogue, but the reality is, is Netanyahu hasn't allowed any dialogue on it. Our position, you hope position is very clear, These things need to be brought up. They need to be addressed. We need to find a solution for people that that need civil marriage. We need to find a solution um, for for different streams in Judaism to to interact within the status quo without throwing out the baby in the bathwater. Um, And it needs to happen as part of the unity of the Jewish people, which is not only a value, but a strategic
2: asset for the state of Israel. Thank you, Jason. Um, Our final question, and I apologize that we weren't able to get to more of them. We've gotten many, many questions from many different universities and from quite a few graduates. And uh, this one actually comes from a graduate of Exeter, a former head of the JSOC um, and a UJS alum who currently lives in Israel. His name is Jonathan. and His question is as follows. This election campaign has been marred by increasingly violent rhetoric. And as we've sadly witnessed today, this can translate into violent acts. Israeli society is being polarized. What's your party solution to try and curb the increasing divisions plaguing the country? Our first response is from Rabbi Chaim Shalom. Rabbi, you have one minute.
3: Okay, I think I might know who that UJS alum is. Jonathan Josephs, hi. Um, And um, it's very clear. Um, uh, Israeli politics is terribly divided. Um, and we have allowed a lot of hatred to creep into our speech. Um, no single side is responsible for that. Um, we've all been guilty. Um, and I think some of the people here um, have shown the way. You know, the respect with which Avi has spoken um, and Panina, thank you, Panina, for saving us from being a manal. Um, and I think um, there are um, great dugma, uh, great examples of how to do it. I'd point to um, our president, uh, Ruby Rivlin, who came from the Likud, um, is now seen slightly on the other side, but essentially is always working to try and bring people together. I think it's simply that there's no magic solution. There's no golden key, but it comes from committing to respecting each other. Um, And I have to say, I certainly respect the people who've turned up here and represented their parties exceptionally well. All of you. Thank you.
2: Thank you very much. Uh, our next response will come from Jason Proman. Jason, you have one minute.
1: Thank you. Uh, and thank you to Rabbi Shalom for, for that note on, on President Rivlin. I actually worked in President Rivlin's office when he was setting up the uh, Israeli hope. Uh, also another use of the word hope there, uh, project which was very much geared at ending the rhetoric of of, um, toxic rhetoric that we find between um, Israelis at the moment. Um, I think it's a goal that we should all share. I think obviously the current government has failed dramatically um, in, in doing so. I think that some of the rhetoric that we've heard Towards some of the state institutions, Uh, you know, again, Netanyahu is another area where he's failed us terribly. And it hurts me, especially coming from the right, when I believe that this should be something that he places an emphasis on. I think that we can all do better. um, And just to let you all know at home that we all do actually get on quite well. And we all speak quite often, all the different parties. um, And I think we need to we need to see past the rhetoric to allow it to uh,
2: to be put to the dustbin of history. Thank you very much, Jason. Uh, Our next response will come from Yair. Yair, you have one minute.
8: Thank you, Avi. Um, Look, we all want to lower the flames, we all want to reduce the tension. I started by saying that one of our activists is in hospital tonight after he was attacked by uh, two people while he was out campaigning. um, Not the first time. Throughout the last six months we've seen horrendous incitement, um, particularly against people on the left, particularly against uh, opponents of the Prime Minister Um, And that's been met with silence. And I think it starts with leaders, it starts at the top. And so when that incitement happens, when there's a sign saying left left wingers are traitors or a good left winger is a dead left winger next to the Likud flag, and there's no condemnation from the prime minister, we're not gonna be able to lower the flames. So I think it starts there, it starts at the top Um, and it's incumbent on on all of us. And we know how to talk to each other and we know how to get on, Um, but we need to demand more of our leaders we need an election campaign that's not about them against us, not about dividing into, uh, into it's either BB all appeared or it's either the left against the right because all that's going to do is increase division. Thank,
2: Thank you. Thank you, Eir. Our next response will come from Oren. Oren, you have one minute.
5: Well, I think um, one of the most attacked uh, members of the Knesset are the members of the Joint List. In the last elections, they were portrayed as terrorists, as, uh, the supporters of uh, the Joint List was portrayed as uh, traitors. Um, and I think that because of the political power that the Joint List managed to, to, to gain, we managed to actually make the, the, the atmosphere, the, the reality in, in Israel more tolerant toward at least the Palestinian citizens of Israel. Um, because as you can see now, uh, everyone is trying to get the Palestinian vote um, and that's a very different uh, scenery than what we saw in just in the last elections. And uh, so I think we're we're actually managing to lower the hatred and managing to make the society more inclusive only by our political uh, power that we we'll are be, we'll be building.
2: Thank you very much, Oren. Um, our next response will come from Jason Silverman. Jason, you have one minute. Thanks.
6: So I think that, yeah, the, the, the current Israeli government, uh, specifically Netanyahu, has been, uh, for years, uh, placing his political campaigns in, in, in binary terms, us versus them, left versus right, and uh, has been extremely divisive. And I think that labor has historically been, of course, liberal, leading to the you know, center-left, classic, but has also been very pragmatic in its discourse and uh, especially Merav Michaeli has also been very pragmatic in bringing in and is able to bring in other other uh, partners, other co- cooperation with other parties, and and really to discuss issues. And I think that even though it doesn't seem like it, in Israeli politics there are a lot of There is a lot of cooperation between left and right, Arab and Jewish parties, ultra-orthodox and secular parties that really do oftentimes uh, form legislation together. And so we must pay attention to to those cases as well.
2: Thank you very much, Jason. According to my randomizer, the next to respond will be Avi Hyman. Avi, you have one minute.
7: I think it's important to note that I come from a party of inclusion from the beginning. It's the party that in 1977, won after, being, uh, after bringing in uh, the Sephardi vote, the Mizrahi vote, who were downtrodden and forgotten. It's a party from the beginning, Jabotinsky wrote about uh, LGBT rights, way before the state was even established um it's the party of all of all of the jewish people and people have to study history if they want to make allegations about this government in particular Um, there has always been divisions in this country they have never been good they need to be healed they will be healed and what gives me hope is yesterday i sat down um, at the Likud uh, campaign launch next to a sheikh Um, who is supporting the Likud, has always supported Likud, and we're seeing Arab Israelis coming together, calling um, Prime Minister Netanyahu Abu-Yair, getting behind him. This is a new change, like Begin's change of 1977, and we will see the the Likud, as always, unite the people of Israel
2: again. Thank Thank you very much, Avi. Finally, Pnina, over to you. You have one minute.
4: Thank you. So polarization is a problem not just in Israel, incidentally, because I've been following the US elections and, you know, it's a big problem that's being influenced by social media. It's it's a big problem that has been influenced by Facebook, by Instagram, by all the social media. I mean, really, to solve it, we all just have to shut our phones and be kind to one another. But since we're talking about elections here, um, the best thing that we can do is prevent fifth elections, because election season is a time where polarization is actually optimized as many of the strategists on this panel will tell you, what's different about us than about them and how can we demonize them so that we get more votes. They're actually creating this This election banter is creating even more polarization to the Jewish people. So Electing Naftali Bennett, having him build a wide coalition and moving on from elections is probably the quickest way that this party can uh, help. And also, he hasn't boycotted anybody. There's no one that Naftali is not sitting with. And that helps.
2: Thank you, Pina. Thank you. Uh, We've reached the time for closing statements. Hard to believe it. It's been such a delight to be with all of you. Um, But we will have one-minute closing statements by every panelist. Again, my randomizer has randomized your order. And we will start with Oren Feld. Oren, you have one minute for your closing statements.
5: Well, first of all, all, I would like to start by thanking all for having me. And it's very... um, I I mean, I've I've known that uh, a lot of... uh, commentators wanted uh, to have a presentation of the joint list, and uh, we made the, our best to provide me. And uh, um, I'm, I really appreciate that. Um, it's not very easy to be in the situation and trying to um, talk to everyone and try to convince that uh, you have a very different idea than them and uh, that it's viable and, and uh, sustainable. And I hope I managed to do that Um well needs the 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 voice of of the people who are unheard, the people in Area C, the, the people in East Jerusalem who are suffering home demolitions and and, and neglect and, and military occupation. And I think the Joint List is the only uh, voice that is raising those issues. And uh, I believe it should be- Thank
2: you. Thank you very much, Oren. Um, our next response will come from Jason Perlman. Jason, your closing statement, please. So I'll do a very
1: quick round robin. Uh, Orin, I appreciate everything you said. I think it's fantastic we have a representative of the of the uh, of the Joint List here. But you know, we haven't mentioned the fact that many people in your party visit terrorists in jail, and I think that ultimately we can't hide that entirely. Y- your party needs to come out and actually stop supporting terrorism and terrorists who have killed Israelis. Um, I think that the left-wing parties are fantastic. I think they represent the left-wing voice. I think that's fantastic. I represent the right-wing voice and I look to my colleagues um, in the Likud and in Yamina and certainly in Likud, I feel that we've just been neglected. Um, You know, I actually, when I was in the Likud and I was working for Gidon Onsara in the primaries, I was told by a BB campaigner to go back to where I came from because I wasn't born in this country. So that's the Likud for me. That's the Likud that has, has disregarded all of its principles. New Hope today stands able to join this people together, Um, yes, from right to left, not the extremist voices, but but parties that are able to work forward for Israel as a Jewish democratic country and and recover our economy and our education system. That's what I'm dedicated to in this election. And
2: thank you, UJS, for giving us the opportunity to talk about it to all of you today. Thank you very much, Jason. Uh, Other Jason, Jason Silverman, you have one minute for your closing statement.
6: I'll also start by saying uh, just uh, thank you for having me. It's been really a delight. And I just want to encourage all of you to continue following Israel, supporting Israel, and, and encourage you also to one day make Aliyah yourselves. That would be great. And I also just want to start by saying it was, it was, it was mentioned earlier that is, these elections are about math. That's basically about two parties. And that, uh, that sounds more like the United States, right? That's not how Israeli politics work. It's about coalitions. And so in these elections, you need coalitions, not just of two leaders, but a coalition of ideas. Other partners to make a really solid government better than the one that is currently highly dysfunctional, and uh, and so this government ha- has had an entire decade, consecutive decade, to make changes to the very problems that you've all raised. But just as Netanyahu said, as the the head of the opposition uh, several years ago, he said that if if a prime minister can't change and make uh, and 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 solve these problems in 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 two terms, he probably won't be able to after that. And so I trust that Netanyahu and what he said then.
2: Thank you, Jason, perfectly timed. Um, Our next response, our closing statement will come from Pnina Solomon. Pnina, you have one minute.
4: Thank you. Um, So first of all, thank you to UJS. Um, I just wanna mention that um, all you people overseas, it sounds like Israel is a terrible place. Um, We moved here with our family, we love it here, we're thriving, it's wonderful. Um, We are very different, but we generally work together when it's not election season. So I just wanna encourage you all, to just know that and, you know, move here because this is your home Um, (laughs) also. Um, And um, I just want to say that I'm really proud that um, Yamina has chosen an Anglo candidate for number 16, Jeremy Sultan. He's the only Anglo, the only OLED that actually has a chance of getting into the Knesset. And I really feel that there's a lot of marginalized English speakers here in Israel that are not having their voices heard and he's going to be able to uh, actually achieve that. He's gonna be able to speak for many English speakers who don't speak Hebrew. So um, he's number 16 on the list and that's not that far off. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much, Nina. Um, Next, Yair, your closing statement, please. You have one minute. Uh,
8: So just to join in everybody else saying thank you for for the panel and for, for putting this event on tonight. Um, I think Israel's on on the cusp of becoming uh, an even better country than it already is today. I think we have an opportunity to turn it into a country that better reflects uh, the liberal values that I would like to see uh, leading this country. A country that is strong and patriotic and proud of itself, but doesn't allow that patriotism to slip over into nationalism. That's proud of its liberal values and doesn't allow them to slip over into illiberalism and a country that is able to unite and represent everyone that lives in this country while being proud of being a Jewish state. And I think two and a half weeks away from, uh, from an election, we're in a position to, to do that and to make that change. And I encourage you all to keep a very strong connection to Israel. Uh, come visit us, come live here, uh, and next election, come and vote as
3: well.
2: Thank you, Yair. Next, Rabbi Chaim Shalom, your closing statement. Please, you have one minute.
3: Yeah, um, we've all been talking as if we're gonna convince you that you can vote for our parties, the vast majority of people here uh, on this Facebook thing probably can't vote, you're probably uh, overseas in England and that's great. Um, and so I'm gonna leave that behind uh, and I'm gonna say um, well done uh, Avi from AJC, well done UJS for putting on a great panel, thank you Pnina for saving us from being a manel. um, and well done to all the folks here Um, I think actually the vast majority of us agree about a lot of stuff we've argued and we can say that this guy wasn't a good leader and that guy wasn't a good leader, Um, but we actually believe in the state of Israel, we believe in what it stands for, we believe in its potential, and we also believe that we want to have a relationship with um, Jewish student leaders like you in England and around the world. And hopefully that'll carry on for many years. And who knows, yes, maybe some of you will come and live here. And we all, all of us across the board, love that. Um, and hopefully it'll be in a place with peace. Thank
2: you. Thank you very much, Rabbi. Finally, Avi, your closing statement, please.
7: I think we have an a historic opportunity to elect a full right wing government, something that we haven't had the opportunity for, maybe in history. Um, there's a lot of pop-up parties. I remember when uh, Naftali Bennett's party didn't make the threshold. I remember when uh, Moshe Feiglin left the Likud and didn't make the threshold. And we can't see that again. We need to see people come out in force. And when they come to the, to the polls, they need to think who brought you millions of vaccines? Who is opening up Israel and opening up the economy? Who is gonna give, bring more peace and more peace deals? It's only Netanyahu who is gonna stand up to to Iran and make sure that they never get a nuclear weapon. These are points of our our very existence, these existential threats that only Netanyahu can stand up against. And I think you'll see this time as you did last time, but even more, last time we we received the most uh, individual votes of any party in the history of Israel. We will knock that through the roof. You'll see Arab Israelis coming out in force for us You'll see all types of Israelis coming in on Facebook, and we'll have victory.
2: Thank you very much. This brings our panel, our debate to a close. Thank you to our wonderful panelists, our representatives of uh, seven different parties uh, for bringing your A-game, for being so civil, for uh, making compelling arguments for your parties. Uh, Let us hope that our upcoming election generates the Israel of our collective dreams. And most importantly, that we don't have to do this again in a few months' time. With that, I'm happy to hand it over back to Bradley and Suri of UJS. Hi, everyone. I uh, just want to say a massive
0: thank you to all our panelists today. Avi, thank you for uh, chairing the debate. You were fantastic. Uh, the, the, no, the discussion doesn't stop here. Uh, I encourage everyone to take a listen to our podcast where we go into uh, deeper discussion on the different political issues around Israeli elections. Um, and t- t- just to, d- uh, to keep discussing, and you know, hopefully we won't be doing this for a fifth election. But you know, if we do, we can invite you all back. So thank you. Um, and with that, again, thank you for joining, and hopefully we will see you all soon.
6: Thanks for having us. Well done, Bradley. Thank
0: well done. you. Thank you, UJS.